Welcome to Sports Business Secrets. I'm your host, Kevin Tarka. This podcast is specifically designed to share secrets from experts in the sports business world to help you along your own path to success in this industry. Each episode is packed with lessons and insights that never expire. You'll hear from general managers of professional teams to CEOs of sports tech companies to agents, coaches, players, and everything in between. I invite you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing players and coaches, traveling the world, and always finding a way to battle through obstacles in this competitive industry. Happy Sweet 16, my friends. Most of you listening today are probably excited that we are immersed in March Madness. We are officially immersed in the Sweet 16. If you're not excited about that, then maybe you're excited it's about to be the weekend. Or maybe you're the new demographic of listeners and you are simply curious about the business side of sports and what really happens behind the scenes. So uh, for whatever reason you're listening, hopefully uh, you can learn something new because as always, when I learn new things, I like to share them with you guys. So since we're talking about March Madness, I figured it would not be a better time to talk about the finances behind the tournament, uh, which not a lot of people seem to uh, be aware about. And so I've done actually a, a lot of research on this in the past, about seven or eight years ago. I remember uh, literally diving through um, all of the financial statements of the NCAA and uh, and just trying to trying to wrap my head around several things. First and foremost, how the NCAA makes so much freaking money and none of it goes to the athletes. That's a given. Uh, but secondly, how in God's name they are considered a nonprofit. It is it is quite outstanding and uh, quite dumbfounding. So uh, if you go to the website, which I advise you to do because all of this information is on the website, um, some some of it is is more up to date than others. Some of the graphics are are very out of date, but for the most part, most of this information is free to the public and online. Um, so so go ahead and dive into that. But if you go to the to to the finance tab, uh, I forget what the exact website is, but NCA.org, I think, and then backslash finance, the the first sentence that it reads on that main page is as a nonprofit organization, the NCAA puts its money where its mission is equipping student athletes to succeed on the playing field, in the classroom, and throughout life. I'm going to save you from my reaction to that because I think everyone listening knows what it's going to be, which is laughable. Anyways, I don't want to get too carried away here and continue to um, poke fun at the NCAA. I really just want to break down some of the finances, and I want to stick with the NCAA tournament, what the finances are behind it, the revenue that comes in, the expenses that go out, and what the kickback is for the universities. So to give a, just a brief overview here uh, of the revenue that the entire revenue um, sphere that comes into the NCAA, um, I'm going to break down just one year of it and kind of different categories. So the total revenue from the 2021, I'm sorry, 2020, 2021 year, which was the last full school year was drum roll, please. A little bit more than one million dollars. <throat> just kidding. I felt creative with this episode, and uh, anytime I hear one million dollars, I just have the urge to play that sound. So that's so I did. But the real number is a bit more than one billion dollars. One point one five billion, to be exact, with a B, not an M. Billion. Lots of money here. So the the, the categories of revenue are. Television and marketing rights fees, which is 915 million. Most of that, which we'll get into shortly here, comes from the um, the broadcast deal that they have with 
CBS and Turner. 915 million, right? Out of 1.15 billion. So uh, for lack of better terms, pretty much all of it. Uh, from championships and NIT tournaments, 61 million. Investment income, 60 million. Investment income, yeah, that, that's a conversation for an entire different day of, of what types of investments the NCAA is making with their revenue. Uh, sales services and other, 32 million. Loss of revenue insurance this year from the whole, whole COVID deal. Um, I believe most of that was from the whole COVID deal. Uh, 81 million and then contributions from facilities, which I'm not exactly sure. That was about 3 million. Bringing the total revenue to $1.155 billion. Now, the expenses, the total expenses were $1.033 billion. That is a large um, uh, uh, space in between those two, the revenue and the expenses, which I'll get to here shortly, that comes out to a change in net assets to the way they put it, but essentially a profit of $122.7 million. Now, the revenue, I mean, um, the expenses have a handful of different categories as well, which we're going to get into. Um, they, they say they distribute uh, $613 million of that revenue to uh, Division I members, um, that they have a category that distributes, which we're going to talk about today, the basketball fund, which is around 170 million. Um, so anyways, I, I don't want to bore you with more crunching the numbers, but just understand that at the end of the day, there's $122 million in profit that the NCAA made. Um, athletes make zero of that money, uh, and, and they're still a nonprofit. So just, just going to leave that out there. So that's as far as I'm going to go with the revenues and expenses as an overview for now. Next, I want to just dig into the the uh, the TV deal a little bit, which makes up the majority of, of the NCAA's revenue. So uh, just for a, a little more um, insight on that, to double click on that TV deal here. In 2010, the NCAA announced a new 14-year broadcasting deal with CBS at the time. What does that mean? So essentially, the NCAA just has the rights to all of that all of that media and streaming and broadcast so they can sell advertisements throughout the entire tournament, which we all know if you think of uh, advertisements making money in the sports world, you think of the Super Bowl advertisements, um, which uh, is actually, I believe, the second largest revenue sport, uh, sport revenue or broadcasting um, uh, revenues that come in. So the NCAA wins that one. But anyways, the NCAA is paid a lot of money from CBS, and in return, CBS gets to keep all the money when they do the work for selling those advertisements. Hopefully that made sense. That deal was for 14 years, and the deal value was $10.8 billion, with a B, dollars. $10.8 billion is coming into the NCAA over 14 years, right? So CBS at the time paid the NCAA around $771 million per year. Now, that deal was supposed to go through 2024, but uh, CBS partnered with Turner, and in 2016, they actually restructured the deal and extended it eight more years. And, of course, what does that come with? A price tag. So the NCAA is going to make another amount of money, and that amount that they extended it was $8.8 billion. So now, if you, if you do the math there, $8.8 billion for eight more years, that's an additional $1 billion per year. And the deal goes through uh, 2032. So yeah, just let those numbers sink in. We're using, we're, we're using a lot of Bs here, billions of dollars coming in. 
So where does that money go? And do the schools get any is the next part of this. So the first question I'm still trying to figure out, right? Cards are on the table. Still trying to figure out where all that money goes. Obviously, you can break it down in the financial statements. Uh, but the second question I want to talk about today, do the schools get any? So one of those line items in the expenses is, is for essentially the basketball performance fund is what it's called, which is distributed to universities based on the performance. Uh, actually, let me correct myself. It's distributed to conferences based on the performance of universities in the men's basketball tournament. So every appearance in the tournament earns that institution a, they call it a unit, right? That unit uh, has a value that is then paid out to the conferences. For every unit a school earns, that corresponding payout goes to those conferences over a six-year rolling period, right? And then those funds are used for various reasons, which we'll get into here, but the, the, the conferences can then decide on how to distribute that money, um, which, is, which is kind of messed up in, in, in a sense, but also good for the schools in that conference that did not make the tournament, right? So um, just to clarify a little bit, this year, uh, the, I believe it, it's, it's difficult to find the projections because I think they might do this retrospectively, but it's around $340,000 um, that, that, that the value of each unit is worth, right? So the fund this year is around $170 million that after all said and done, they're going to break down the, uh, you know, the units that each school has. And then they're going to send that 170 million out to all the conferences, right? Um, so just to kind of paint a little bit better picture, let's just take uh, St. Peter's, just showing the 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 Mac Love, right? Uh, the Metro Atlantic Conference, um, sorry, Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Some love here. Uh, so St. Peter's, obviously the the Cinderella of the tournament, they won their first round game. So when they when they got the automatic qualifier because uh, they won the 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 MAC tournament, they received one unit. Then they won that game and they played in, the, in a second round game, and they won that game. And now they advance to the Sweet 16. So they're going to be playing in their third game. That's guaranteed three units for uh, that St. Peter's receives, which will go to their conference, the MAC, over six years which means if you multiply that around $338,000 times three units, let's just call it a million dollars for argument's sake, the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference will receive $1 million over the next six years. So I'm sorry, total, uh, uh, each year, right? So total of $6 million, that's not bad, right? Now, obviously, you know, each conference wants to see as many of their schools in there as possible, um, you know, to, to, to increase the payout that it receives. And, and, and I'm not hating on the conferences here necessarily, you know, because a lot of them um, do great things with the money and they distribute it to their schools. And they do cool events and cool tournaments and stuff. But, um, you know, for, for, for lesser known conferences, the basketball fund money, it, it, can, it can represent a major portion of their annual income. Like that's, that's how they kind of function, right? And then, um, you know, for, for the larger conferences, they just usually split that, split that money evenly among their schools, right? They can cover some athletic department stuff, um, you know, but, but really the, the, the power conferences, it's just a small sliver of their income. 
but again, smaller conferences, like they, they, they can, they can use it for whatever they need, right? You can, um, you know, schools use it to, um, uh, upgrade facilities, schools use it to, um, to, 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 to pay coaches, schools use it for, for, for whatever they can use it for whatever they want. So anyways, that's, that's a little breakdown of, you know, what the finances behind March Madness look like. An extraordinary amount of revenue generated for the NCAA, which then is kicked back to the conferences, which then is distributed to the schools, which then none of which is given to the players. So um, I think I've been talking for 12, 13, 14 minutes here. I don't want to get too more in depth in this. I want to keep these short and sweet, but hopefully you learned something new today. I don't know what you're going to take away from this, but I, I hope it's at least two things. One is you start to realize like why why the landscape the way it is. Uh, the landscape is the way it is in college sports. Why power conferences have the best and and most ridiculous facilities. You know why they have the highest paid coaches earning millions and millions of dollars. Again, not arguing for or against that necessarily. I'm just stating the facts right now, right? But you start to understand where all this money comes from. Um, and then the second thing, which I'll leave you with, is you just continue to question why student athletes are not given a single piece of the pie, not even a cent. So I'll let you uh, think about that one today as you uh, enjoy the Sweet 16 round um, as that finishes up and then the Elite Eight here this weekend. Um, yeah, have an amazing day and hope to hear uh, see you back here soon. Thanks again for listening, my friends. If you enjoyed the episode or if it brought you any value at all, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. If you share it on social media, make sure you tag me at Kevin Tarka. If there are any topics that you want me to dive into or any guests you'd love for me to have on the show, just shoot me a message and I will do my best to make it happen. Have an amazing day and hope to see you back here soon.